0: ever welcome pod welcome back in to the chris mathis podcast guess who's back back again Spencer is back, baby. We're back here once more with you guys for more uh, on TCM Pod as we had a two-week hiatus. Spencer finishes up college there, at Young Harris College, and uh, has graduation this weekend, so it's been a bit crazy for him. And of course, uh, draft coverage has been fun to keep up with, and we're going to get into the latest uh, on the NFL draft regarding what we saw this past weekend, the Buccaneers and their NFL draft as well, and what we think about the picks and what they did Uh, With pick number 19 and all the way down the board, a couple of teams stood out to us as well as far as who won the draft, who lost the draft. I I know for sure that in my personal opinion, there are two teams that I really think had questionable drafts. Uh, But I'm curious to see where you go with that as far as which draft was the worst in your opinion, Spence. But before we get into that, got to talk about our sponsor for making this possible information on demand. Whether you need criminal background checks, drug screenings, e-verification, or other background check screening services, they've got you covered. Again, that's information on demand across the United States. Uh, They can take care of you, and you'll be able to rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will get you that information that you need in just eight hours or less. And you're seeing right there on the bottom of the screen the fact that uh, you guys can go to the website. uh, That's informationondemand.net or give them a call today, 855 914 Four six three six. That's information on demand as they bring you another edition of TCM Pod, and we appreciate you guys joining us here on Spotify, Apple Podcast, the iHeartRadio app, we stream wherever, YouTube as well. Uh, glad to be back, and just make sure to give us uh, a little bit of a review on those apps as well. But we want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the fact that he's finally, you know, a New York Jet. That deal went down a little bit over a week ago. He is in New York. It's going to be fun to follow. Aaron Rodgers, the 38-year-old quarterback, as he gets set to deal with the New York media. And the media has been breathing down his neck for the last, I don't know, probably two or three years or so since going into that 2020 season when COVID-19 was a big deal. Uh, However, Aaron Rodgers, New York Jets, what are your initial reactions whenever you saw that? And you saw that trade finally go down as the Packers trade away their franchise quarterback.
1: Yeah, I think the Jets are kind of set up for success, a lot like the Buccaneers were. In 2020, whenever Tom Brady signed to the Bucs and Aaron Rodgers right now is the exact same skill level that Brady was whenever he came to the Bucs. Probably even better if you look at how Brady played. I mean, how Rodgers has won two of the last three MVPs. Brady coming into that had lost the last Super Bowl, had lost the playoff game with a pick six. Of course, Rodgers last season was not great. But again, you look at the receiver help and then now you look at the Jets receiver help. You see they have Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb now. McCole, yeah, Harden, and Corey Davis. Today. Yeah, McCole Hardman and Corey Davis as well uh, in that receiving core. I mean, they've got a lot of weapons there in New York with the Jets. They've also got a good running back in Brees Hall. They've got some backup running back depth as well. The offensive line, not too sure on. The defense is good. They've got, I mean, last year we saw how good it was with Sauce Gardner, with Sauce Gardner and his first NFL season. And I think that the Jets are set up for success exactly like the Buccaneers were in 2020. But the thing with, rogers to the Jets is that the AFC is a much more difficult division than the NFC is and was in 2020. As you see, the the AFC has the Chiefs, the Bills, a plethora of other teams that are just at the top, and then the NFC you really only have the Eagles to worry about if you're an NFC team. So you look over there at rogers I mean, he's going against the top of the talent, but he's also the top of the game uh, at the quarterback position, regardless of how last season when he's still a top five, uh, still top five quarterback in the NFL. And top two in terms of arm talent with Mahomes and Rodgers being one A and one B. So I think that's a it's a great signing for the Jets. It's exactly or a great trade for the Jets. It's exactly what we expected a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a month ago now, was that the Jets were going to trade for Rodgers. But of course, they waited until right before the draft just to stir the pot a little bit. And again, Rogers with the Jets. And I think that right now, if you're looking at the Jets season for 2023, you're kind of expecting at least a divisional round playoff game. I think that their expectations are conference championship and Super Bowl um, for Rodgers first season with the Jets. And he said uh, a couple of days ago after he signed with the Jets that this isn't a thing where he's going to be there for one year. He said he's committed to the contract. He's going to be there for at least two years, probably three exactly like Brady was. And then I think we'll finally see Rodgers retire. But I think we're going to see him get another ring before he goes out. And I'll be rooting for him because I know the Buccaneers aren't really going to have a chance this season, probably not the next season either or the
0: next. So if the Bucs don't make the playoffs (laughs) and the Jets are in it, I'm rooting for Rodgers. Well, all right. Rooting for Rodgers. I personally don't know if he gets the job done. I do think that they have the talent to do so, but he's got a spark right now. We're seeing Aaron Rodgers throw the football around on the practice field uh, the first week of May, which is something we're not used to. So eventually I feel like, especially if they have some adversity, that Rodgers will lose that spark that he's gotten. As you said, he referenced, this is not a one and done type deal there with the New York Jets. He wants to be there and and be at least a, a fill gap for two or three seasons, I would say. Uh, It is going to see and going to be interesting to see how this thing works out. And I know Vegas has the win totals set at over under nine and a half wins here for the New York Jets in 2023. Off the top of your head, are you going over that, Spence? And if so, how many wins? Because I'm sitting at a solid 11 and a half, 12 wins this season uh, for the New York Jets.
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I may take up betting this summer as something to get some money with. And I think I would definitely put the odds on the Jets going above nine and a half wins next season. I think, 10, I think 10 and seven or 11 and six next season. And I think that's what we're going to see next year with the New York Jets. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really understand the nine, the nine win thing. Just because you look at the AFC East that they're in, you've got the Bills to worry about, of course, but the Patriots have fallen by the wayside and the Dolphins, we don't know anything about coming into this season with Tua, if he's going to be healthy to go, if they have the same spark they had last year. So I think the Jets will get about 10 wins next season.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. And as you referenced just a few moments ago, the AFC is such a uh, a slaughterhouse, a juggernaut, if you will, regarding just quarterbacks alone, much less overall teams. You talk about the Bills in that same division. That's going to be tough right off the get-go. So it'll be fun to see Aaron Rodgers you know, have a little bit more spark with his career this year and, and see what the 38-year-old quarterback can do. I do expect big things. I am going to say anywhere from 11 to 12 wins uh for the new york jets this year and i'm also curious on the flip side oh, to see, okay i'm also we'll curious back. to see how uh mike is muted. i'm also curious to see how uh the green bay Packers will do with jordan love at quarterback after they drafted him a few years ago and now they're saying hey here are the keys to the car they just signed him to a one-year extension as well there with the green bay packers so that'll be fun to see as well spence how do you feel about jordan love and his situation because they didn't go out and help him just like they did with aaron Rodgers, who's Proving himself to be a winner in the National Football League.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Packers are not a team that's going to win a lot of games next season. So he doesn't have huge expectations. But again, the fifth-year option is in play for this year. And I don't think the Packers are really going to go ahead and pick that one up yet. So it's going to be difficult to see exactly how good of a quarterback Jordan Love is, depending or coming with the fact that they don't have a good receiving core. We saw that last year. They're not going to have the same tenacity to play with a, with a, a young quarterback like Jordan Love that they did with Aaron Rodgers whenever they went on a run winning five of the last six to end the season last year, than losing to the Lions to miss out on the playoffs. But, I mean, I kind of see – you see the Packers as a six-to-seven win team next season at the most. And and if they really want to tank, if they really want to, they could they could be in the top five next year, maybe trade up to get one of those good quarterbacks like Caleb Williams or Drake May next year in the 2024 draft. So, with the Packers, I mean, it's, it's a big season for Jordan Love. It's a lot like Baker Mayfield with the Buccaneers except for <laughs> – mayfield's played jordan love has barely played and both these guys are competing for the same thing because they've only i think it's like a two-year gap in which baker mayfield's been in the nfl two years longer than jordan love
0: but That's crazy playing, to think
1: about yeah they're still playing for the exact same reason is this year the teams are not great i mean the buccaneers are set up for success more than the packers but baker mayfield's got to play great or else he's gonna be a backup quarterback for the rest of his career and jordan love has this year and maybe one more but he's got to show a lot this season he's got to throw I'd say 25 touchdowns. I think he's going to make a lot of mistakes probably. So, if he, I mean, if he can throw 25 touchdowns this season with what the Packers have, I think that the, the, the guy's going to be a good quarterback, and I think the Packers would be willing to stay with him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure you do remember whenever uh, COVID was crazy and uh, sports were kind of dead, I invested into some sports cards, and I got Jordan Love rookie cards, and I spent a pretty penny on Jordan Love rookie cards. Now, when you compare the Jordan Love rookie card expenses to, let's say – a Patrick Mahomes, the exact same rookie card. The Jordan Love at the time, even three years ago, was 1 of the cost. So I was looking at the, the, uh, the missed reward there, you should say, the, the banger bust there, if you will, regarding the payout of these cards. And I've been waiting for Jordan Love to finally get some real deal playing time and to be the guy. So I'm, I'm pulling for Jordan Love. I'm excited to see this work out, and I'm hoping that as soon as he does ball out, even if it's like a, a three- or four-week stretch, I'm selling these cards right away because I've sat on them since 2020, his rookie year. Uh, or was it 2019? Either way, I've sat on these rookie cards for forever, and uh, I'm ready to uh, turn it into a profit. So if this guy goes on somewhat of a, a three or four game hot stretch this season, his first year as a starting quarterback at the Green Bay Packers, I'm selling these rookie cards. And if any of you guys are interested, let me know. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Chris Mathis, Instagram at the Chris Mathis. We'll work something out for sure. But Spence, with the NFL draft that just happened this weekend, in my opinion, it is, I I think as I've gotten older, it's become even more fun just to watch as a fan of the game, not even you know, looking at the Buccaneers picks in particular, which we'll get into that, Spencer, in just a few minutes, and we'll grade the Buccaneers in their draft and talk about a few of their key contributors that they drafted here in this 2023 NFL draft. However, for me... I really enjoy just looking at it as an outsider looking in without really any preference on one team. I just want to see how teams draft and what they're looking for and kind of dictating and judging what teams might do and then seeing them do the complete opposite or seeing them do exactly as I expected. And with that, there are winners and losers in each and every NFL draft. And sometimes it's hard to say, is it going to be a winner or loss in three to four years? Overall, a loss this year, the initial season that they made these picks, it's pretty irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. However, let's say the teams that we think are losers with their draft this year are losers in three, four, five years. It was a bust of a draft. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to let you dictate, do we go with two or three winners or do we start with the loser in this year's NFL draft? And ask why, Spence? Go with the winner. All right, let's go winner. with the winner. Oh, man, that's uh, – oh. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles hit big again. They struck gold once more. The Philadelphia Eagles continued to hack onto their uh, Georgia Bulldog-led heavy defense, a historical defense from just a few years ago. And I think that the Philadelphia Eagles got that much better. They got Jalen Carter, what was it, pick eight, I believe, or was it Pick, 10? pick ten. Um, pick ten. They got a steal there with Jalen Carter. Of course, he had some interesting off-the-field situations this year that we're going to leave out of the picture, and of course, uh, we send our best regards and will, well wishes to the families of those that were impacted by that. And it was a, an interesting situation, but he was arguably the most talented player in this year's NFL draft, but because of that, he dropped to pick number 10 where Philadelphia took him, and they already have a load of defense. And last season, the recipe for success for those Eagles was the amount of defensive success on the front line that they had. They brought in Adama Sioux, and they already had key, play, uh, key guys in place that they could rotate in and out on that defensive line. So then to add to that Jalen Carter is just uh, freakish to me, man. Yeah, I mean,
1: I mean Jalen Carter with the uh, at the NFL Combine also kind of took down his stock a little bit. He came he came into the NFL Combine weighing 20 or 30 pounds more than what he did at the beginning of last season for the Bulldogs. And then he didn't perform well in the 3 cone drill, didn't have a, a great 40-yard dash in terms of what we know his athleticism to be. And that also dropped him as well. But – for him to fall to the Philadelphia Eagles is just a match made in heaven for Philly, just because they already have Jordan Davis at that at the at the, at the in the defensive tackle position. He's gigantic. Now you've got Jalen Carter. They also added Nolan Smith, defensive end from Georgia, who I was one of the Buccaneers to maybe target um, in the first round. Of course, we took another guy. He fell 11 picks down behind us, and Nolan Smith is a very good defensive end. And I think we're going to see that next year with the Eagles. The Eagles' defense is full of bulldogs. They also got keely ringo from the bulldogs as well who yeah if if he could have been draft eligible heading into the 2022 draft which was last season he would have been a top 20 pick but i mean last year he didn't have a great season he had injury issues as well he dropped all the way to the fourth round so this is a guy that that has a ton of athleticism he was a five-star coming out of high school he's going to the philadelphia eagles they've got a good pass rush he's a guy to look out for next season as one of the draft steals just in terms of his athleticism that he possesses. And if he can stay healthy, I think the Eagles defense is going to be even better than last year. And that's a team that is going to at least go back to the NFC championship, in my opinion.
0: And again, I do want to correct myself. Uh, It is pick nine, Jalen Carter. Uh, That's where they took them first round this year. I know Trenton's out there, huge Eagle fan, thinking, hey, dude, I'm going to text Chris and Spence right now and let them know that they're wrong. It was pick nine. Then you talk about Nolan Smith at pick number 30 in the first round. Second round, they addressed uh, the offensive line position. Tyler Steen from Houston, Texans, that pick at number 65. And uh, that was was big 10 for them. What's that? It was pick 10 because the Eagles traded with
1: Chicago. Chicago moved from nine to 10.
0: Because at oh, first the Panthers,
1: right. the Panthers had traded.
0: That's the first, right.
1: the The ninth pick to the Bears, and then the Bears traded the ninth pick and move, and then the Eagles got the tenth pick, and the Eagles picked Carter at ten.
0: So there you go. So they also, of course, they re-signed Jalen Hurts to a huge deal this offseason just a few weeks ago. So they're giving him some help as well during the second round at pick number sixty-five. Third round they went with Sidney Brown, pick number sixty-six. I think that was a great get as well. So the Eagles, they're going to be better this year. And uh, Jalen Hurts obviously playing with a big contract. And then you add just uh, Jalen Carter to the mix, Nolan Smith as well. This team is going to be stacked. But Spence, I don't know if you think the Eagles had the best draft. Was there, if so, who was a team that was also up there with you in regards to who had a best draft? Because I think maybe the Seahawks were up there. Also looking here, I think the Houston Texans had a great draft too uh, there in the first four picks. Yeah, I think the Eagles had
1: by far and away the best draft in 2023, just based on of the fact that they added so much to their defense that was already a strength of the team. But we saw in the in the Super Bowl that, hey, they need to add something because Mahomes put up near 40 points, 38 points against that defense, had a huge 30-yard run to win the game. They decided, hey, let's get guys that can rush the passer. Jalen Carter, probably the best pass rusher in this draft. And then Nolan Smith, the guy that was projected top 20, falls to number 30 to the Eagles. And they said, hey, we're going to pull the trigger on that too. You also get a safety in Sidney Brown from Illinois, who had a ton of interceptions. I think he had the most pick sixes in college football over the last two years with six pick sixes, which was pretty impressive for him. Keely Ringo at cornerback. And then the thing that you can't really forget with with the Eagles draft is they traded at some point for DeAndre Swift with, with the Detroit Lions, and now they've got a running back to replace Miles Sanders. And Swift is a guy who has a ton of talent, who was kind of pushed out of the running back room last season by Jamal Williams for some reason just because he could run one-yard touchdowns with 19 of his 20 touchdown runs last season being just one yard and I think it kind of took away from how good of a running back DeAndre Swift can be if he stays healthy and the Eagles decided to pull the trigger on that as well so the Eagles by far had the best draft in the 2023 draft and I would go with number two or number three I like the Steelers or Cardinals and the Steelers just because they got in my opinion, the best offensive tackle in the draft because I wanted the Buccaneers to draft Roger Jones out of Georgia. He only went to number 14. That's where the Steelers took him. And then they also got Joey Porter Jr., the son of Joey Porter, yeah. a legend who's a very good quarterback from Penn State. And I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that likes to draft for legacy. We've seen the sons of, of really good players before. We've seen related players to former Hall of Famers with the Steelers, and it's worked out nearly every single time. So, I'm looking for Joey Porter Jr. to be a great player for the Steelers, and it seems like they've always had pretty good cornerback play in Pittsburgh, even depending on, even with, with the fact that a lot of the cornerbacks that they've had have not been Hall of Famers or anything. I mean, Joe Hayden's a borderline Hall of Famer. He played there for a couple of years. You look back at Willie, Willie Gay as well, who had a very good career with the Steelers and then left and was not good. And then you look over there at the Steelers in the fourth round or the very end of the third round. And they got Darnell Washington out of Georgia, who for some reason fell that far. But I mean, if you go back and watch the tape of the national championship game, when it was already said that he had already been injured in that game, I, th- I forgot what it was. I don't know if it was a torn ACL or something, uh, just a really big injury for him in the game. He continued to play. He put up a hundred yards, a touchdown in which he destroyed a, a, a TCU defender on like the first drive of the game. I mean, he's an incredible talent. They've also got Pat Fryermuth there as well. So, they're going, to have a, they're going to be a team that's going to run a ton of two tight end sets next season. They've got Najee Harris in the backfield. They've got Kenny Pickett at quarterback, and they've got a great receiving core. So they're a team that kind of reminds me of the Atlanta Falcons just with much more talent, and I like the Steelers drafted. then my le- my third favorite draft this year was the Arizona Cardinals. They ended up securing a lot for the future as well by trading down to pick six to get their tackle pairs, Johnson Jr., who was also one of the top tackles in the draft from Ohio State. They also got B.J. Ogilare from LSU, mm-hmm. who – is a defensive end or outside linebacker at least playing on the edge with LSU that has a ton of pass rush moves, isn't a top-tier talent, of course, because he was drafted at 41, but he's a guy that has great athleticism and he'll he'll be trained well within the Arizona Cardinals' defensive scheme because you've seen – I mean, J.J. Watt retired last season. would have been nice to have him as a mentor, but they've also had a couple of really good defensive linemen along the years in Arizona. I think he's going to be a great pick for them. And then Garrett Williams from Syracuse was a quarterback that could have gone in the second round, ended up falling to the third round. He's a good quarterback as well. So the Cardinals, I think, set themselves up for success this season and for next season because this season is a season they're, they're not going to really want to win anything. And it's up to Kyler Murray if he wants to stay with the Cardinals because if he doesn't play this year for the Cardinals due to his injury that he has, he won't be there next year. And they're probably going to have the first overall pick and get Caleb Williams just because they really have set themselves themselves up for success. Heading into the future, and they've—I mean, they—I think they had eight or nine picks this year, which is impressive already. So the Cardinals are a team that's set up for the future, and uh, I, I think that they—they they were a top three team this year in the draft as well.
0: I also like the Pittsburgh Steelers draft as well. I thought it was interesting to see Darnell Washington fall that far, third round. I know I saw a report that surfaced on Twitter about some kind of knee injury or knee problem. He stands at what six foot seven. He's even on record of saying, "I'm a sixth offensive lineman." which is crazy because the guy is very quick for his size. He's got great hands, and he can block like like no other. I mean, truthfully. So it's going to be exciting to see what the Pittsburgh Steelers can do and to see what Kenny Pickett can do here with more weapons and obviously more protection there in the backfield, more time to sit in the pocket, make his reads, and look downfield. And as you said, complete passes to an already good uh, offensive, uh, I guess you could say powerhouse regarding their wide receiver core So that was a winner in my book as well. But we can always pinpoint a loser in each year's NFL draft. And there's always, you know, one or two picks. You're like, why? What? Where are they from? Like we saw the New England Patriots last year take Cole Strange in the first round out of uh, Chattanooga, which was an interesting pick. And nobody even knows who he is now. Hopefully he pays out and plans that pays plays out and uh, works out there with the New England Patriots. But Patriots have had some interesting drafts as well over the years, including this year, too. They've been hit or miss. Uh, Really, if you take away Tom Brady, I I can't say that they've really done a fantastic job with drafting in the Bill Belichick era. But, Spence, uh, talk about your biggest loser. Pick one. I know there are probably two or three teams that you were looking at that had the worst draft in this year's 2023 draft. Who would you say it was? I went with the team that had the, few, the
1: fewest amount of picks this season in the Miami Dolphins because they tampered for Tom Brady last season. They lose their first-round pick, which was ended up being number 32 in the draft. They don't get that, and that's a huge thing for the Miami Dolphins to not have a first-round pick. They also only had picks in the second, third, sixth, and seventh round because they've traded so much away for the future, and, or they've traded so much away for the now. But without a first-round pick, it really hurts them as well because they traded picks away for Jalen Ramsey. Of course, they've got a good team around Tua. But the thing with Tua is we don't know if he can stay healthy. And the really big thing that I noticed with the Miami Dolphins draft is they did not draft an offensive lineman until the sixth round or the seventh round this season. And that was an issue last year on the right side of that offensive line in which Tua was getting destroyed all season. He's a left-handed quarterback. That's his blind side. You need a good right tackle. The Dolphins do not have that. And uh, we saw how that resulted last season with Tua getting three concussions, not being able to play, thinking about retirement because of this. And the Dolphins draft, I mean, second round, they go with a cornerback. They just traded for Jalen Ramsey. Third round, they go with the running back. They've already got a pretty good running back room, but this guy will at least fulfill a little bit. But I think that's a a second or third round is around whenever you don't have an offensive offensive tackle that you go draft an offensive tackle. And the Dolphins did do that. And then they didn't have another pick until the sixth round. They drafted a receiver. Okay. Sixth and seventh round are mostly throwaways for the most part, unless you're talking about Tom Brady or somebody in those rounds. And, you see they drafted a receiver, and then finally, round seven, pick number 238, I think that's 12 or 13 picks away from being the last in the draft. They go with an offensive tackle, and I'm not sure if he's a left tackle or right tackle, but the grade, of course, being in the seventh round is not a high pick, and that is why the Dolphins had the worst draft for me, just because losing out of the first-round pick, a team that was set up for success heading into the season if they wouldn't have tampered. Of course, they wanted Tom Brady. They should have went out and got him. They're unfortunate they couldn't get Brady because Tua is not going to be uh, able to play – as much i don't think i don't think he's going to complete a full season i still don't believe that he can especially whenever they don't go out there and get a right tackle or a right guard for that terrible offensive line that they have of course a really good team with the dolphins but start out last season i think eight no ended yep. up being 10 and two at one point and then just lost out like basically just lost out of course you saw Tua didn't play a lot but i mean that offense went by the wayside Tua ended up after his first concussion playing playing like garbage i mean he, I had him on my fantasy team. He, he, he ended up just playing terrible. Then he gets another concussion. He's out for the playoffs. And then you see the team that the Dolphins are without a good quarterback. And that's why they tampered for Tom Brady. Of course, they didn't land him. And now you're looking over there at Tua. You're looking over there at the right side of the offensive line and you're seeing the exact same fate for next season just because they didn't go out there and attack the draft as they should have. Going with a cornerback in the first round, I think their defense has always been something that has kind of been a point of emphasis for them and a strong point for them over the last couple of seasons. And they even got Jalen Ramsey. So going out there and getting a cornerback at pick number 51, when there were still offensive tackles on the board that you could have used to pick or, or help Tua next season, they didn't get it. And they got a cornerback.
0: Yeah. For me, obviously that weighs in a lot. I think that number one, you talk about Tua Tagovailoa and talk about his future there with the Miami Dolphins. I think that Tom Brady will be the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins at some point this season. It sounds crazy. The guy's bored. He's got his hands in everything. I think Tom Brady comes back by week six or seven. I feel as if uh, Tua is going to have one or two too many concussions, and here comes Tom Brady. He's got a house down there. We've seen him retire before. I don't know. It just really would not shock me, especially with the talent that they have there in Miami. You talk about a bad draft. Well, maybe they're not too worried about it because they do feel like, hey, if Tua goes down, Who knows, maybe we can convince Tom Brady to uh, hit the road down the street and come quarterback here with the Miami Dolphins in 2023-2024. Yeah, and if
1: Brady comes back, we might see a Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers AFC Championship game or AFC Divisional game, which would be incredible because the Dolphins are a quarterback away that can stay healthy from being a really good team and an offensive tackle away as well. And if they can get Brady at some point this season before the trade deadline, if they can get Brady before then, they can trade for an offensive tackle. You trade away a future pick. You go all in this season, and you've got a Super Bowl-caliber team immediately with Tom Brady. I don't care how bad uh, his, how not great his stats were last season compared to 2021 and 2020. You look at the offensive line the Buccaneers had last season. The receiving core was injured for most of the year. The team was just not good. The Dolphins are a team that's much better than the 2022 Buccaneers. And if Brady goes back, which is always a possibility, but – probably right now sitting at 5% possibility. I, I mean, you're going to have Mike Florio on soon, right?
0: Yeah, we have Mike Florio on the Iranian t Kraz show on Friday to talk about all things NFL and the draft. And I'm certain that he'll tell Ronnie and t kraz and us the inside skinny on Tom Brady, and if it is realistic for return. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think there is a possibility, even if it is 5%, that's a pretty good 5% there. My biggest loser, there were two teams that really stood out to me this year as losers in the NFL draft. And it's tough for me to decide which one. Was it the San Francisco 49ers that did not have a pick until round three? And they took a kicker, Jake Moody, out of uh, Michigan at pick number 99. That was interesting to me after trading uh, two first-round picks and a third-round pick to get Trey Lance the year two prior. They did not move Trey Lance, which is interesting because Trey Lance is there. They're uncertain of what he brings to the table. And they're not really banking on Trey Lance as the future either, with him practically being the only quarterback so-called ready to go on the roster. And even he's trying to rehabilitate right now, Uh, of course, with Brock Purdy being down. And Brock Purdy could miss this entire season. So uh, their quarterback issue concerns me a lot. Could Tom Brady unretire and go to San Francisco? That would be interesting as well. But yeah, I think the San Francisco 49ers were 1A for me. 1B, the Tennessee Titans moving up eight spots to take quarterback Will Levis at pick number 33. That's the first pick in the second round. They drafted Malik Willis the year prior in the third round. He's a quarterback. They have Ryan Tannehill still on the roster. And then they move up eight picks to draft a quarterback in Will Levis that played at Kentucky that truthfully we're unsure of because this guy was allegedly going to be a first-round draft pick. He got pushed out of the first round. You see the Titans trade up eight spots for him, and here he is going to the Tennessee Titans, pick number 33 this year. I think that was a questionable move. And yeah, maybe that doesn't outshine every other team's remaining draft class this year. However, that pick alone tainted the Tennessee Titans draft, in my personal opinion. Move up eight spots with the quarterbacks on the roster. If this was a situation like the Indianapolis Colts or something of that nature, I would not be as shocked. But the fact they have Ryan Tannehill, a Pro Bowl quarterback, been in the Pro Bowl before, Also, they drafted Malik Willis last year, and they also bring in Will Levis this year, trade up eight spots. Absolutely ridiculous. So those were my 1A, 1B. I know I couldn't shoot. I had to pick one, so technically I am going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. I know they invested so much into uh, Trey Lance, but you had to have moved that guy this offseason. But as we wrap up another edition of TCM Pod, get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their draft class, Spence. They took Kalijah Kansi, pick number 19 out of Pittsburgh, Cody Mauck out of North Dakota State in round two. Yaya Diaby uh, from Louisville joins us. Servicia Dennis joins us, linebacker out of Pittsburgh here in Tampa Bay. Payne Durham, a tight end from Purdue. They did draft a defensive back out of Kansas State in Josh Hayes And the sixth round. Trey Palmer, a wide receiver out of Nebraska. That's a solid pick, round six at 191. And Jose Ramirez, an edge rusher out of Eastern Michigan. So the Buccaneers, they addressed the uh, defensive side of the ball. They addressed the trenches as well, offense and defensive line. And Jason Light said two and a half, three weeks ago, we want to get faster, we want to get stronger. I think they did just that. What would you say about the Buccaneers draft class here in 2023?
1: Yeah, it's Todd Bull's team now. You see Kalijah Kansi, who's a guy that probably would have been a 30, a 30, 31, or 32 if it's any other team but than the Buccaneers, but the Bucks have Vita Vea. And this is a guy who's probably the best defensive men in the interior in all of college football last season. He had the most pressures last season by any defensive tackle. He had the second most sacks or the first, or the first most sacks. Not sure exactly if it's first or second, but I remember reading that somewhere. This guy is going to be great versus Vitaveo. He's going to eat up all the double teams. Cody Mouch Ma- or whatever was a guy that I kind of like as a guard, but – we drafted him. Offensive tackle is what he was listed as. I don't think he's going to be an offensive tackle. The Buccaneers are really planning on Luke Gedicke to, to uh, turn out well
0: over there at right tackle with with Tristan Worf's heading over there to left tackle. So that was a Which, an which has been debunked, by the way. Jason Light joined and uh, Z. Show yesterday, talked on 95.3 WDAE, and said that's not solidified yet. It's not been written in stone regarding the move to left tackle. So I don't know. I, I do think that's the case. It's going to happen. But as far as it being confirmed, it is kind of up in the air right now. Yeah, but it's going to be Gedeke
1: or Mouch over there at offensive tackle. And Gedeke yeah, is a guy we now. saw could not play well at tackle. And Mal is a guy now that is most likely going to be a guard in the NFL. He has short he has short arms, small hands. He's a big guy, though, which could help. But I think he's going to be a guard in the NFL that can pull. I think he'll pan out well there. But the Buccaneers already have a lot of guard, uh, guard play. They've got a lot of depth already as well. As we saw that last year, we just didn't have any tackle depth. And again, you draft a guy that's going to most likely be an offensive guard in the NFL. Yaya Diaby, I like him just based off of athleticism. Wasn't a a great college football player, of course. In the third round, it's a guy that you go with. Uh, Servosia Dennis is a guy from Pittsburgh, a linebacker that will replace either Levante David or Devin White next season. I'm going to say Devin White. I think Levante David hopefully will retire a Buccaneer after next season. I think he'll play this season and one more maybe retire if the Buccaneers play well enough this year. But this is a guy that's going to replace one or both of them next year. Then Payne Durham at tight end in, in the fifth round. Uh free yep. pick with the Buccaneers. I, I forgot why they got that pick, but he was a free pick in the fifth round for one of the trades we've made over the last couple of years. And this is a guy that really did well in the uh what's the game called? The the skills game. Not the combine game, but the one that they play each and every year right before Shry- the draft. Oh man, I'm blanking on it as well. I forgot what the game is called, but I mean he he went well in that game as well. Uh, also,
0: Cody Mao played in that game together. They both played well in that game. Senior the Senior Bowl the Senior, senior bowl. bowl yes there we go yep and and he caught a touchdown and Cody Mao had run down the field and celebrated with him. Yeah, he dominated. This is a guy that's a huge tight end, not very fast at all. He
1: reminds me of Cameron Brake for the most part, but he's bigger than Cameron Brake. He can block a little bit. I think he's going to be a good tight end number two beside K Dot next season. Josh Hayes, a cornerback from Kansas State. A ton of athleticism, and he has ties to Tampa Bay as well with Geno Hayes uh, being related to him. And then the final pick was Trey Palmer, who was a guy that – or the final, the second-to-last pick was Trey Palmer, who's the guy who has a ton of speed. And to put up 1,000 yards as a receiver at Nebraska is going very much under the radar because they're not a team that has been a passing team over the years. And this guy has a ton of speed. I think he ran the fastest 40-yard dash last season uh, in, the, in the combine, a 4 3 40-yard dash for this guy. And that's what the Buccaneers were, most like, were mostly missing – within their receiving core, were speed last season, with Julio Jones being in the slot, with Russell Gage being in the slot, who both don't have a ton of speed. Of course, we'll see. This guy will most likely be the Buccaneers' fourth option, losing Scotty Miller, which is not a loss at all, in my opinion, at this point. But good pick there out of the sixth round. And then the final pick was Jose Ramirez, who had the most three-sack games in college football last season, with three separate games having three sacks. Also played Eastern Michigan, not going up against the best competition. But this is a guy that was – I remember seeing a couple of a couple of mock drafts for this guy who was supposed to go in the fourth round or so with a couple of guys that I watch on YouTube and Benjamin Solak, one of the uh, NFL Combine guys. So to get him in the sixth round is impressive for the Buccaneers, and I think the Buccaneers draft overall probably a B- minus in terms of exactly what they're going to do right away. But I think in the future, it's going to be a very good thing for a team that needs pass rush depth, a team that needs pass rush right now, and that's exactly what they went out there and got this season. The thing that I think that they missed out on really, again, Offensive tackle, a true offensive tackle. Of course, maybe Mal will end up being a good offensive tackle, I think. But also cornerback. The Buccaneers needed a cornerback. They lost Sean Murphy Bunting. We've seen a lot of injuries with Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean over the years. And to not get a cornerback is very uh, – it's just not exactly what you wanted as, a, as the Buccaneers front office. But overall, I give the Buccaneers draft probably a B-minus right away.
0: I'll give the Buccaneers draft class this year a B-plus because, again, they didn't address that offensive tackle position in particular – Uh, But they did take the best player available on the board, in my opinion. I do think that, well, maybe not, because the the Kalijah Kansi pick does entice me. I'm excited to see him pan out. But I personally went to that draft hoping the Buccaneers would take an offensive lineman there in round one. And there was still an offensive lineman or two on that board that I thought were worth taking there in the first round. However, they did counter that round two, taking Cody Malk out of North Dakota State. I like that pick, too. So we'll just have to see how it all pans out, but I'm going to stick with a B+, and I think the Buccaneers really hit big there uh, from the second round on and this year's NFL draft. It'll be fun to keep up with, and we'll keep you guys posted right here on TCM Pod. Make sure to follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Also, leave a five-star review down below as well. It's simple. Just click five stars, leave a review, and uh, that'll do it, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of the Chris Mathis Podcast. We will be back next week. And not this upcoming Monday, but the following, we'll have another Motivational Mathis episode as well. So thank you guys for tuning in. Glad to have Spence back. The next time you see Spencer Mathis, he's going to be a college graduate. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to join the podcast anymore. He's probably too busy. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, thanks for following us along the way.